We are back. Thanks for joining us for another episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm Bobby Beach Patterson, always joined by head coach of the Briarcliff men's basketball team, Mark Spaghera. And he is high at top in the Flanagan Center, getting ready for uh, practice here today. Coach, how are we doing? Doing great, Bobby. How about yourself? How was your weekend? Yeah, good, good, good. Watched, uh, watched a little GPAC football, some Big Ten football. Not, uh, not too bad. Yourself? You know, we started, started the year 1-0, so makes for a pretty nice weekend. It's always got to be a nice weekend. Absolutely. Well, we'll dive into that right away here. Uh, for those that don't know, the Briarcliff men's basketball team will open up the season here at the Newman Flanagan Center this last Friday, uh, playing at home against Bellevue. Open up with a very nice 78-58 to 58 convincing victory in the first game of the year. Uh, and I know, Coach, you had hit on it a little bit here last week's episode. Um, I know a big thing you guys were looking for was uh, in that first game of the year, just not pressing the issue so much and just letting things kind of come to you and, and slowing the game down, but also making sure that you guys have that, that pace and rhythm uh, that you guys are looking for. Uh, really came off there in the second half. Uh, I guess, first of all, in the first half, uh, Kyle Borhead came out, uh, was really big uh, X factor for you guys right away. Um, 29-24 at halftime. Kind of talk about that first half and maybe some of the things that uh, you saw from the team that uh, maybe you were a little uh, – skeptical against and things that you needed to adjust there. Yeah, I think you look at the first half. I mean, started right away. I thought our defensive energy and intensity was really high. Started the game with six consecutive stops. And that's something, you know, at the end of the day, we're always going to be an offensive team. Um, but when we're, when we're dialed in and, and we're really intense defensively, I think that makes us really, really good. And that was a – I thought our, our starting five really set the tone defensively first and foremost in that first half and you know Bellevue settled in a little bit and you know you're not going to hold the team scoreless but you look at the first half stats I think they shot 36 percent or something like that and that's that's really really good on our part offensively we got a couple couple easy buckets early we went on a little bit of a stretch there kind of mid second or excuse me mid first half where we started to what you said press the issue a little bit um, took a couple quick, ill-advised shots where we weren't really working the ball, weren't making the defense work all that much. Um, started to settle in a little bit before halftime. Um, and, you know, going into half with a lead, obviously, is good. We were actually a little disappointed. We had a 10-point lead and uh, gave up a, a pretty easy three and then an easy layup right at the first half buzzer. You know, so felt like maybe we could have been up seven, eight, nine points instead of five. But you know, we talked in the locker room. We had, we had a great first half defensively all in all. And at halftime, we wanted to just kind of settle down offensively. We were pressing the issue. We were forcing a little bit. And I, I think as we settled in, we got the ball moving side to side. And then inside out, the floodgates opened offensively a little bit. And, you know, you mentioned Kyle. Kyle had a great first half. Kyle had a great game, honestly. You know, you look at his stats. He's 9 for 11 for 24 points. Um, and, and it was his offense that got us going in the first half. And that continued in the second half, but I think it really started to open things up for other guys. You know, Jaden Klein-Hessling got it going there in the second half. Connor Groves, Quinn Vesey both hit a couple threes in the second half. And, uh, and then Matt Stilwell, I thought, had a great second half. In fact, I thought Matt was the X factor for us, um, particularly in the second half. Made a couple plays defensively, scored nine points for us off the bench. Um, and, you know, to, to finish it out, we started the second half. Our defense, I thought we relaxed just a little bit, gave up a couple easy buckets early, 
And then we were able to get that back on track and, and finish things out. And I, I think you told me actually before we started recording, there's a 33-18 run we finished the game on. And that's, that's obviously impressive. That's a testament to our guys sticking with the, with the game plan, making some subtle adjustments that we talked about within the game. And all in all, I mean, that's a team win. It's a great team effort. It's a great way to start the year. Um, and there's a ton of stuff we can take from it, both positives and negatives. There's some things we, you know, to me are pretty evident we need to continue to work on. There's some things that we saw are going to be really good for us moving forward. And, you know, now with a week before our next game, we have a lot of practice time to, to dial in on a couple of those things. But all in all, I was really happy with our, with our effort with our communication and then obviously getting the job done and getting the win to open the season was, was great. For sure. And you had touched on it again here. I mean, defensively, I thought all in all, you guys played very, very well. Um, had a little bit of a lapse here. I know about a six or seven minute stretch there that it was just kind of tough for you guys to score. But I think a hundred percent defense kept you guys in the game. Um, I love the energy you guys brought defensively with communication, um, the switching, a lot of off ball stuff um, more specifically but I guess a lot of tip passes, a lot of things that don't necessarily so show up on a stat sheet, um, just made it overall very disruptive for Bellevue. I guess coming into this year, would you say that getting more um, tip passes, diving on the floor more, just those hustle plays was a big factor and big communication uh, for you guys as a coaching staff to the guys? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, you, you know how stat driven some of the things I do are, Bobby. Um, but we, we track what we call good aggressive plays. And, I, you know, it's a lot of things. It's deflections. It's on the floors. It's charges. Good off-ball plays. There's a lot of different ways you can get a good aggressive play. Our, our goal for every game is 85. Uh, we had 96 on, on Friday night. And so, obviously, that's, that's really good. And that's, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We're, we're not built to be a just lockdown, hold-you-down defensive team. What we are built to be is aggressive, disruptive. I think we have a lot of high IQ players um, that anticipate off the ball, can make plays off the ball. And when we're doing that, when we're dialed in, when we're moving with every pass, we have a chance to be a pretty good defensive team, I think. Right. And I know another thing that, that I had noticed, too, is I thought throughout the whole game, offensively on the break, um, one through five, the guys ran the floor really well. I know there's a few times because they did that. It really gave Bellevue some fits with some communications and matchup problems, and you guys were able to exploit that. So I think that definitely helped. Um, but, but going back to that little, that little lapse there um, for those six or seven minutes in the first half, as a coaching staff, what is it that you guys kind of talk about that? Because you and I know really well that, obviously, when it comes to pack play and we're getting into January and February, when you have those lapses offensively, it's the defense that's got to carry you and help you in those circumstances, and you got to limit that, let's just say, six-minute lapse of offense to three and a half, something like that. So what is it that you guys are talking about in these early non-conference games to the guys and maybe a timeout or halftime to kind of calm them down a little bit and get back in the flow? Well, part of it's a double-edged sword because we talk a lot about we want to play fast, we want to score points, um, we want to play with great pace. Um, and so that's one side of it. And the other side is we still want to make sure we're getting good shots, we're moving the ball, multiple guys are touching the ball within a possession. We want to get the ball to the paint, kick it back out, and then go from there. And sometimes when you're, when you're preaching play fast, when you're stressing that, that leads to some ill-advised shots. It leads to guys putting their head down, trying to make a play when there's not necessarily a play to be made yet. 
Um, and so it's, it's showing it on film. You know, we're going to watch film here in just a little bit after we're done uh, recording this. And we've got a decent amount of offensive possessions where, you know, guys are just going to see it. Like, there, there's not a play to be made there, and we're trying to force the issue. And so you need to be patient. I, I say aggressively patient is what you need to be. And, you know, that's what we talked about at halftime. We didn't think we were getting enough variety in our actions um, where we, again, it's a double-edged sword like Kyle Borhave had it going. And so we started just trying to throw it to Kyle and everybody else kind of standing around watching. And that's not necessarily how we want to play. And as we got other guys involved and we got the ball moving in the second half, um, the offense started clicking a lot more. And so we're going to watch those clips too and, and talk about, here's why we're saying this. Here's what's going to happen when we find our second ball screen, when we find our second post touching a possession, good things are going to happen. So that's right now it's all about just showing it, talking about it, and finding that fine line between playing really aggressive and playing fast, but making sure we're getting the shots we want to get to. Absolutely. And I know when you shoot 68% here in the second half, which is what the stats and everything show what you guys did, obviously that's huge. That's going to carry you. And yeah, when you guys watch film, uh, I know obviously being there, I know how you guys watch film and talk about possessions and sides of the floor and pain touches and outcomes. Obviously a lot of talk about there, but yeah, defensively too, just really good holding the team like Bellevue under 60 points. And you know, normally, normally Briarcliff's not known for holding teams under 60 points, but I mean, yeah, testament to you guys and what you've done here. So uh, yeah, with that, we're going to wrap up there with the, with the Bellevue game. Obviously, a really nice 78-58 uh, win to open up the season. Uh, but now you got a big test, uh, a road game here with Benedictine College um, out of the Hart Conference. Uh, I know they were 21-8 and last year, bring a lot of dudes back uh, from that team. Actually, 15 out of their 17 guys on their roster this year are upperclassmen. A lot of those guys have had significant minutes in their career. Uh, with a big road trip like this, first road trip of the year, what are some of the big things you're looking for uh, out of your guys or kind of talking to them all week in practice to get ready for? Well, I think the nice thing is when you have a week between games, you have a good amount of time to just focus on yourself. And, you know, we won't start talking about Benedictine until midweek at the earliest, um, probably Thursday, honestly. But we're going we're gonna to spend the next few days just focused on ourselves and working on some of those little things that – that we need to improve on. But, uh, you know, in terms of the first road trip, it's just – it's kind of business as usual. We want to approach it like a business trip. We have we have one one goal in mind, that's go get a win and, and come home. Uh, we're going to try to have fun as we do it, enjoy each other. You know, I think it's a privilege to, to get to go on the road trips. I think when you're done playing, that's one of the things you miss the most. Home games are really fun. Just being on the bus sometimes with your teammates is really, really fun. Um, so we're going to, we're going to do that. We'll, we'll take off Friday, get down there and get ready to go. And, and Benedictine, you, know, you said it, they're, they're really good. Uh, it's a program over the last decade. That's been really good. A couple of years ago, I think they won 30 straight games at one point. And you look at their roster, their top 15 scores are all back from last year. They're very veteran, very well coached. It's a team we're not really familiar with. We've not played them since I've been at Briarcliff. And uh, they will play their first game here Wednesday. So we'll have something to go off of. We'll have a pretty good idea of, of what they want to do. But it's, it's going to be a great test for us. And I think, our, I think our guys are ready for that. I think our guys are excited that you know, we play some big-time programs here early in the season. And we should be really confident as we prepare and, and get ready to go down there. For sure, yeah. And I know Benedict team, uh, national tournament team last year, 
had a couple close games there with William Penn, who William Penn uh, consistently ranked in the top 25 solid team. And they took, uh, they took St. Francis of Indiana down uh, to the wire in that, that quarterfinal matchup of the national tournament. So, yeah, big-time test there. What is it more um, importantly about those early games here with teams like this, like Benedictine, that you were looking to get out of that's going to help your guys uh, come later down the road here, come GPAC play? I think the biggest thing is when, when you play good teams, you're going to be in, in close games. And when you're in close games, you really have to execute on both sides of the ball. And that's something that's something as we look back at our offseason, that's something we wanted to focus on. That's something I don't think we were always great at last year. And it's an opportunity to take a step forward. And, and when you start to win some games like that, where you execute well down the stretch when it really matters, I think your confidence just – can skyrocket from that and uh that so i mean we want to we want to go play well that that's that's the ultimate outcome here we want to make sure we go down uh, we play that game and regardless of outcome we want to make sure we get better we feel good as we keep moving forward and and ultimately when we get to gpac play more than likely we'll have been in some tough games where we're battle tested and the first time a little adversity strikes in a game it's not going to be the first time all year we're going to know how to react to that we're going to know what we need to do uh, to right the ship after maybe the other team goes on a 6-0 run or, you know, we turn the ball over a couple times. So it's all about – it's more about us than anything else. Certainly we're going to scout Benedictine. We're going to have a plan for him, but we want to make sure we do what we do. We want to make sure we play our game so we can get better from it. For sure, yeah. And, and Briar Cliff, they head down there to Atchison, Kansas here um, this weekend, tip off for that game Saturday, October 30th at 7 o'clock here uh, against the Benedictine Ravens. So looking forward to that. Those that can't go, make sure you tune in to, uh, to the live stream there, uh, Briarcliff Athletics, and check that one out. Matt Stillwell is joining us here. Matt's a guy that, you know, was a sophomore for us last year, didn't play much, some garbage time here and there, uh, got better throughout the year, had a great offseason, great summer, and put himself in a position to, to help us out this year. And, you know, Matt's a guy that, he gives us a little bit different look than some of our other guards where some of our other guards are, are shoot first drive second guys. Matt's definitely an aggressive driver first shooter second. And I think that's good to have a, a little variety when it comes to that. And, and like I already said, I thought Matt was the X factor for us um, in the second half on, on Friday night against Bellevue. And I, I think he's a guy that's going to be a big part of, of what we do this year. So we're, we're excited for Matt to make that big jump from, you know, not playing to, to being a rotation guy and, Looking forward to see what he can do all year for us. All right, now we're going to go ahead and bring in our guest, uh, sophomore uh, men's basketball player from Johnston, Iowa, Matt Stillwell. Matt, how are we doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. How uh, how was the weekend? It was good. It was good. Uh, like Coach said, started off pretty good on Friday night, um, winning our first game. So, yeah, it was good. Well, yeah, I want, want to talk about that and dive in here with you. I know getting a limited time your freshman year, but now your first game as a sophomore, was able to jump in, play some some big time, 16 minutes there, scored nine points, like Coach said, was an X factor. I guess for you specifically, kind of coming into your first true um, game, knowing that, hey, I got a chance to make an impact here, what was kind of your thought process going through the week and then also uh, Friday at shoot-around going into Friday night? Um. Honestly, just to, to be ready, um, you know, be locked in all week in practice and just to, to, to be ready come Friday night if my number got called, and it did. And um, 
play as hard as I can, execute what we had talked about all week, and get the job done, I guess. And I know that we talk about this a lot, and, and I, I know in practice, like the pace and the rhythm and, and playing your game and everything. As someone out there seeing it firsthand, what were you kind of seeing early in the first half? Did you kind of feel like you guys offensively might have been pushing uh, pushing the system a little bit extra and then it got easier in the second half? Or you guys have some, some pregame nerves and things like that? Or what were you kind of seeing out there? Yeah, I mean, I think with the first game, there's always nerves. Um, but first in the first half, I would say I, I thought we got pretty good shots. I think um, we just didn't shoot it very well, particularly in the second, in the first half. And I think in the second half, we were still getting good shots and they started to fall and it kind of just opened everything else up and we were to pull away there and then. And I know a big thing that you guys talk about too, just making sure that you guys are staying true to you. And defensively, I know you guys have had a heck of a game. Defensively, what was it that you thought you guys were able to do really well that kind of disrupted a lot of Bellevue's offensive system? Yeah, like you said, I think we were just disruptive. I think we were, you know, active on and off the ball. I think we rebounded for the most part with them being, for the most part, bigger than us. I think one of our things was we had to rebound very well, and I think we did that. And I think uh, just being able to get our hands on some of the passes and, and deflections and stuff like that kind of took them out of their rhythm. And I think overall, yeah, we played a really good game defensively. Now, I know uh, for those of you um, listening here and, and all Briarcliff uh, basketball fans that don't know who Matt Stillwell is, I mean, as a basketball player, kind of touch on maybe some of the things that you pride yourself on that you bring to the floor and to the team that uh, people can look and, and expect from you this year. Um, I would say just play really hard, um, give a lot of effort, uh, defensively I think just kind of get after it um you know we're a smaller team so so there's times where I gotta I get the chance to guard bigger guys that are bigger than me and just not really let that be a problem um so yeah defensively just getting after it and offensively I think um attacking really getting to the rim uh making plays so yeah and I know, Matt, I, I was able to watch the alumni game, thought you played well in there, and then obviously watching the game here Friday, did a lot of really good things, didn't press the issue, but was aggressive when needed to be. So I thought that was a big-time lift at some moments for the guys. And we've kind of touched about it with the amount of guys you have on the roster and the competitiveness in practice. How would you talk about and say that the competitiveness these last three weeks in practice really got you guys ready for Friday and how it's going to get you guys ready here uh, with some big-time non-conference games coming up? Yeah. Uh, I think this year we're really, really deep. I mean, I think we got a lot of guys who can play, and that makes practices really competitive. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, yeah, I think it's just, it says that. It says a lot about our team. We're really competitive, and I think, you know, for the first couple of weeks of practice here, we, were, we got tired of playing ourselves. And I think it was fun to go out there and play on, play someone different on Friday, and I think that'll help us in the long run. And I think, It'll continue to be really competitive in practice and stuff, and I think I think it's really good for us to be really deep. Right. I know last year part of the team going on some road trips, but kind of in your situation right now with the first road trip of the year going, getting some getting some more minutes here. What is it something about the the first road trip of the season that you're looking forward to um, with that, and just knowing that you got a got a little bit bigger role here? Yeah, I mean. I think I think a road trip always kind of presents a challenge because you know whether 
you know, we got a long drive, whatever it may be, staying overnight, leaving early. I think that always kind of presents a challenge, but I think you can also look at it like a good thing. You know, you, you get to prepare with your teammates, you know, get ready with them. And at the end of the day, you know, whenever, whenever game time is, you got to be ready um, no matter what your role is. So I think that's really important and just kind of taking, taking it day by day, I think. When you when you go on road trips, and even last year, are you are you a big cards guy? Do you jump in with Coach Figuera and the guys and, and get after it, or what? What do you like to do on those long road trips? You, are you That's a headphone actually, kind of guy? You just you just start sleeping, or what? Uh, I didn't do much sleeping last year. That's actually really funny, though. I think I got kind of got forced to play Uno, and uh, I didn't really have a choice. And I, you know, I, I thought I held my own and I was pretty good. I, I don't get a lot of credit in the Uno game, but. Um, no, it's always if, good time, if, if you were to rank the regular players on our bus last year playing Uno, Matt probably is last or close to it. Um, he, he plays his wild cards too fast. He doesn't necessarily always strategize all that great. And a lot of people that are playing next to him win a lot. And that's, I think that's a reflection of the people playing around you is if, if you win a lot, you probably have bad people playing around you or you're really good, one or the other, or both. But uh, yeah, Matt's, Matt's never going to be accused of being a great card player, at least not by me. But Matt, I'll, I'll, give him, I'll give him credit. He stuck with it because he, he took a lot of crap from the regulars who play cards on the bus. So Matt, Matt, Matt stayed with it. So I, we appreciate that. Matt, do we have a rebuttal at all? I do completely disagree with that. I think I think I was at least I think I was at least in the top three. I think one of our trips, I don't remember if it was Jamestown or maybe Midland. I think I won like five five six games in that day, and I never got credit for it. I don't know. Well, Matt, here's the thing: anybody can be a one hit wonder. What well, what we're looking for when we play cards is consistency. And when your first one trip and last all the rest, you average out to last at that point. So. You know, yeah, you probably had one great trip, and, and that's great. Good for you. But I don't know if you want to hang your hat on just one performance. And, yeah, you might be right about that. And as a guy who's, who's kind of been in the shoes of the card games and the road trips, knowing how it is, I, I need to ask you, what would you say, Matt, is uh, some of the strategy or things that need to, need to happen in those games that uh, just prevents specifically Spaghera from winning? I, I think he actually he actually did make a good point though. It's about who's around you, you know, who's next to you. Um, but I think I think overall it's it's just kind of as a as a whole, everybody. If someone's got you know one two cards left, you all kind of got to work together to to make sure they don't obviously win. I would say, Bobby, you know I'm a big, you know I'm a big proponent of table talk, and when when somebody gets down to two three cards, we all better be table talking how we're going to prevent that guy from winning. Most people don't think that way. Most people are anti-table talk, but I'm all about it. You know, the, the team that talks the most wins the most, and I think that goes, goes to cards too. Absolutely. And obviously with the first road trip this year, haven't had a chance to do it, but Matt, uh, on last year's road trips, player-wise, who was the, the best teammate that you had that was the best card player? That's, that's a tough one. I would say – the best. I I really enjoyed Will Johnson last year. I think uh, he was pretty funny when it comes to playing cards, uh, and I thought he was pretty good too. Um, but yeah, I'd probably I'd probably have to go with Will. Okay, who was the absolute worst? 
Um, I don't. I don't think Cheese was very good. Ethan Friedel. I don't. I don't <laughs> think he was the best. He. I, I don't know. I don't remember very much, but I. I feel like when he did play, he he struggled. And that's frustrating because knowing Cheese, he's that guy that's probably going to want to jump in every time, and it's. It's that one dude that wants to play that's not very good that everyone's like, all right, what are we doing here? So, but, so needless to say, this weekend, road trip coming up, are you are you jumping into the card games or what are you going to have going on? I, I probably will yes, for, for a little bit. For, for a little yes. bit, yes. Yes. All right. See, what, so, and what, what, Bobby, you know this, and Matt knows this now, but what new guys don't always know is, you know, we generally take two buses. Um, we split half the team and coaches on each bus. And a lot of the new guys, for whatever reason, don't want to ride on my bus. You know, I don't know if I'm the head coach, whatever. My bus is always way more fun. We play cards. We talk a lot of crap. You know, there's probably going to be one game a year where it's uncomfortable for everybody because we lost and I'm not happy. Um, you know, that's probably once a year, maybe twice. You never know. But, um, you know, new guys always go over to Coach Forbes' bus, and they don't do anything over there. They sleep or have their headphones in. So, you know that, Bobby. Matt know, Matt learned that last year. My bus is always the best bus. Do you ever think that they go to and gravitate to Forbes' bus because the musical selection is just a heck of a lot better? Or do you think that has a role in it? Well, we, we don't really listen to music on our bus. We, we play cards and, you know, talk like human beings. Fair enough. Well, Matt, appreciate uh, you joining us here, taking a little bit of time. I know uh, you guys got practice and film coming up here this afternoon in a short time, so we'll let you go off and, and do that. But, no, it was great meeting you, man. Uh, just really awesome watching you play here Friday. Looking forward to watching you uh, progress here throughout the season and watching you guys down in Atchison um, here this weekend. Appreciate the time, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Well, now we're going to move into uh, to the life rules um, section of things. So for those who uh, listen to the podcast religiously knows that Coach Figuera has got his, his life rules. So, so Coach, take us away with uh, the life rule for this week here. Yeah, I actually got some complaints last week, Bobby, because we didn't do this. You know, I think people try to uh, listen in to know how to live their life by listening to the BC Buckets podcast. And when I say complaints, I mean one. And I mean, my younger brother complained about it. So I don't know if he's heeding all my advice, but he did complain that it wasn't on there. This is one, we've been doing life rules for a while now. And I got to be honest, I, I sometimes forget which ones I've used and which ones I haven't. But it's actually applicable to this time of year and actually applicable to today. A life rule and a common sense thing, when, it's, when there's precipitation outside, whether that's rain, snow, when you walk inside, wipe your feet, make sure your feet are dry. Don't walk across a, a brand new finished basketball floor with crap all over your shoes because that tracks onto the floor, which makes the floor slick, which makes it less safe for the players. But in general, it doesn't matter if it's a gym, a house, wipe your feet, make sure they're dry or take your shoes off. It's not that hard. Don't, don't track crap all over the place. Yeah, and, and you had talked about the new floor, and we had um, talked about it here last week, too. But, I mean, I've seen pictures of it, but on the live stream watching the game, I mean, that new basketball floor, courtesy of Pesky Enterprises, or Enterprises and, and a few other people, that is 
for those that haven't seen yet, please go to the Newman Flanagan, check out the new basketball floor. Coach, I mean, that, that floor is legit. I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome, huge. Bobby. We've, we've had a lot of, a lot of comments, all positive, you know, even the Bellevue coaches before the game mentioned how big of an upgrade it was, how much brighter and more modern that the, the Flanagan center looks now. And that's, you know, our guys love it. It's great. It's new. You know, I think that that old floor design had probably been there for 14, 15 years. So it's time for an upgrade and yeah, it's, it's been great so far. Yeah. They knocked it out of the park and, and I don't know if this was the year of redoing floors, but I know there's a, a few teams in the GPAC that decided to redo some floors, but no questions to ask prior clips. Well, and I, I think it was an easy year to redo it, Bobby, because of the new three-point line. You know, everybody had to move that back here over the last year and a half at some point. And so, like, our thinking at Briarcliff was, this is probably the time to do it. We can get rid of some old lines that are not used anymore. It cleans the floor up. You know, there's going to be places we play with three-point three point lines down on the floor, and it's just – it's messy, in my opinion. So we have a clean look, a new look, a modern look. It's awesome. Right. Yeah, so once again, if you haven't been able to uh, get to the Newman Flanagan yet, uh, you'll have plenty of opportunities this year uh, to not only watch both Briarcliff men's and women's basketball, but uh, also check out that, uh, that amazing uh, brand-new basketball floor uh, they've got there also. So check that out. So now we are going to move into our shout-out segments. And, uh, and, Coach, sounds like you got, to, you got a shout-out here. Yeah, I actually have a couple. I, I very rarely – you're going to learn, Bobby. I very rarely stick to one. My first one's just for our guys, um, you know, coming out, ready to go, getting a win, first game of the season. You know, we're not going to overreact to that in any way. But I do think it's, it's good when – a group of guys puts in the work that our guys have dating back to last March, starting in the weight room, transitioning into the summer. And, you know, that stuff's hard. Putting in that work, making those sacrifices, that's hard. Going through practice in the preseason is hard. Games are fun. That's, that's the payoff for everything. And to go out and play well and, and find a way, especially in the second half, to, to really play the way we want to play just a testament to our guys and, and their commitment to, to what we're doing. So shout out to them. Number two and three shout-outs are to the Briarcliff football and Briarcliff volleyball teams. Both had big road wins yesterday. Volleyball team won at Mount Marty, 3-0. Uh, football team played a crazy game with Jamestown, crazy fourth quarter, came away with a win. I, don't, I think it was 41-38 or 41-37, something like that. Um, fun game to watch. There's few things in this world that are better than GPAC road wins. So shout-out to both those programs for, for getting that done this weekend. Yeah, and it was cool, too. I saw a nice video on Twitter of Coach Ledegi uh, kind of breaking it down there with the guys after celebrating the big road win. So that was pretty sweet. Happy for the boys there um, going into a big game next week with uh, Dakota Wesley. And so that was fun. Yeah, and, and, and chalk that up to something you're never going to see from me. Um, because we all know that my locker room celebrations can get excessive. But this was after you were gone, Bobby. I also hurt myself in the past once at Concordia. So we're never going to film that just in case I, I go down and almost break my hip again. <laughs> then that would violate the old, uh, the cell phones in the locker room policy. So that is correct. And, and I want to give a shout out to, to a guy uh, close to Briarcliff basketball to um, I want to give a shout out to Ethan Erdman. Uh, currently he is the uh, SID or operating as the SID for 
Briarcliff Athletics um, in his second year as a GA. Um, I know the SID who was there, Megan Glover, had a great opportunity uh, to, to move on and, and keep working as an SID at the next level. She took that, and Ethan was thrust into the role. And he's been taking on a lot here uh, this fall and everything with, with sports uh, looming. But basketball now, football, volleyball, uh, cross-country, golf, everything. So he's got a lot on his plate. He's been doing an awesome job, and I know all the coaches uh, would probably agree with me too. So big, uh, big shout-out to Ethan um, doing the, all the SID roles here. So shout out to you, man. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of BC Buckets podcast. Uh, once again, the uh, Briarcliff men's basketball team um, is in action here this Saturday, October 30th, as they travel down to Atchison, Kansas, uh, to take on Benedictine College. Big time uh, road test here right away for the Chargers. That tip off is at 7 o'clock um, here on the 30th. So once again, if you can't make it down to Atchison, uh, make sure that you tune in to Briarcliff Chargers. Go to the live stream. Um, and you'll be able to watch that. So, uh, Coach, appreciate it. Uh, the time here. Looking forward to watching you boys compete this weekend, and hopefully you guys can all enjoy the first road trip of the season. Thanks, Bobby. We'll see you next week.